0: welcome to your day off my name is Corey. And of course i'm sitting with my friend tony what's up tone what's up brother i wish i was sitting next to you i do too man so uh i although you know the the, the good thing is over the last two years is that uh, we've got a little bit more comfortable uh you know doing this thing from your house and from uh and from the studio
1: you yeah, know, fortunately, it's still the same thing that's separating <laughs> us two years later.
0: Exactly. I'd never in a million years, you know, when they were like, when they were like, oh, this is gonna be a two week thing. I never thought two years later, we'd still be, uh, you know, using talking about the C word, you know?
1: Yeah. And we got round two rolling through my house right now and uh, knock on wood that I, I haven't gotten it yet,
0: but right. uh, half my house is uh, in
1: lockdown with
0: it. Yeah. Right. I mean, we, we, what do we, we had, we had the second time around our house in January. So I guess you're getting the the second everybody gets the bug thing um yeah. where we are now, you know, Yeah, we had it,
1: we, we all had it uh a year ago, last April. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but you know,
0: Almost uh, exactly a year then. Right.
1: Yeah. And, uh and, you know, going by the people who have it, it's definitely a whole lot more uh, milder, but uh, a whole lot. So, yeah.
0: yeah. So. The same thing. We had it, it's funny we had it uh in January 2021 and then we had it again January 2022 now when i say we i, I haven't gotten it yet tone huh? i'm i don't know you like as as much exposure as as i've had to it you know from from you from the family from all the traveling that we did last year and we had, we know a couple of people that were in our in group that uh, that tested positive after we hung out with them i don't yeah dude i don't I don't know. I, I keep waiting for it to happen. I keep, uh, you know, like I've been paranoid all week, and I'm like, am I running a fever? Is my throat itchy? But, you know, nothing, nothing so far, man. Dude, I mean,
1: you might be one of those uh, rare few that uh, that it doesn't like.
0: I I hope so. (laughs) Like like, like one, I'm grateful for it. And two, yeah, I I, kind of, I kind of hope so. Um, you know, kind of speaking about COVID, you know, the thing that, the thing that, um, really jumped off at, I don't know, I guess it was about a year ago, maybe a little bit over a year ago is that, um, a lot of people jumped on to clubhouse and listened to clubhouse. I mean, for me personally, it's kind of died off a little bit, um, as far as like my involvement, but, you know, I know last year we did the, uh, we did the all day. Uh, that was last April too. We did the uh, the the all day um, uh, podcast. We podcast for eighteen hours on Clubhouse and on the YouTube's and on everything else. The marathon that we did, um, and we raised money for um, for PBA and the uh, and the COVID relief fund that they were putting together for that. Um, but. Uh, our guest today, I, I kind of like was introduced to, I think kind of like in my peripheral, but then on Clubhouse, um, I really, uh, I, I got to, got to meet him, you know, certainly like audio, audio bully, um, we got to meet him and, and he had some really great stuff to talk about. And and I'm just like, really happy, proud and all that stuff that we can bring him on today.
1: Man, yeah, He was like the Clubhouse Kingpin, man. You saw him everywhere. He was you know what I mean? There was something going on. He was involved in it. You know, something. he was there somehow. And yeah, he was definitely uh, uh, pretty uh, spectacular, I would say, in, yeah. in, in Clubhouse because yeah, yeah, yeah. um, he had a lot to say and, and a lot of the things they were saying, you know, grabbed a lot of people's attention.
0: I tell you what I learned through Clubhouse is that one is that there's a lot, a lot of coaches in our space, you know, and um, it, it seemed like a lot of the coaches made it to, made it over to Clubhouse. A and B, I mean, just like everything in our industry, I think what COVID did was fast forward everything five years. And I certainly know that our friends from D- Destroy the Hairdresser, like they blew up and their ideals blew up and about and about. And people are really starting to listen to like maybe there's a different way to run our salon and maybe there's a different way that we can do business. And, um, and um, I mean, that's kind of why we brought um, brought our guest on today. Uh, he's going to share with us, you know, just just some things that, that that might be a little bit different if you're if you're in an independent salon or if you're in a suite or, or whatever. So I'm, I'm interested to hear what uh what, what his perspectives are.
1: Oh, absolutely. A- anytime someone has anything to share uh, and elevate, you know, any hair, whether independent or behind the chair or salon, sure. anybody, uh, you have a space on our podcast. So I'm like, yeah, I'm ready to to kinda of like how, you know, what he has to say to to elevate our industry.
0: I'm down, man. And he's kind of a homie because he's only a couple hours up the road from us. So, you know, mm-hmm. at some point we'll be, we'll get to we'll get to slap fives or something. He's, all, he's already committed
1: to uh to Presley Poe and Friends next year. So Yep.
0: and 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 presley if you're listening in it's going to be his birthday so uh you know so we got to do something special for him because uh april 2nd is his birthday so uh next year that's 2023 gosh can you believe we're talking about it already but 2023 presley pwn friends april 1st april 2nd but uh and you know in in a few months we'll we'll announce who our who our special guests are but uh you're going to be blown away at least i know we are you know you know um, but anyways, let's get in. So today, our guest is Hunter Donia, and yep. uh, Hunter's also, uh, uh, also uh, a lot of people call him Hunty. So you might hear a little Hunty and Hunter going back and forth. You know what? What, what he said, we can use whatever name we want. So um, I'm just going to go with it and just switch it up uh, through the entire conversation. But uh, but Hunter's going to talk a little bit about um about um boundaries and you know uh, specific to uh to to independent um uh, or suite people or anyways we'll get into that whole conversation
1: processes different processes for uh different you know parts of our business because you know independent hairdresser and salon suite or whatever um you know a lot of times people go in there and they just run it like they're just a someone behind the chair and and without putting real business processes and stuff like that uh in practice so uh, i i yeah i'm curious what uh you know what we're going to get into and and you know i'm
0: with you man let's do it should we should we should we let's do it so mr hunter welcome to your hunter hunty welcome to your day off man
2: Hi, thank you. I am beyond excited to be here. I, I, I think it's so funny how like the whole Clubhouse boom brought us all together. I think that was the most beautiful part about that whole situation was I was able to make so many new connections and I'm sure that you guys were too and even connect with people that I already knew on like such a deeper level. But um, I'm glad that we've been able to keep the, the conversation and relationships going even after Clubhouse has died down. Let me get a back bit. to your name.
1: You like hunters, like like formal, professional. But once you like, you know, you become a friend, it's like that's my honey right there. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) You got it. So you can. I'm going to use hunting. Okay,
2: Okay. we'll take it. I'm not mad about it. We're close enough. We're close enough. I'll I'll, I'll accept it. (laughs) <laughs>
0: Tony, you know, it's funny it, when we um, the, the first time I went on to Clubhouse with, with Hunter, he goes, oh, my gosh, that's the voice that's in my car every morning. And it was, like, <laughs> it, it was such a weird kind of like feeling. It, it, Hunter, it's so weird to be known for your voice, especially like when it's like an insecure. And I'll be honest with you. I mean, it, it's when we first started this, that was my biggest insecurity was my voice. Like, is anybody going to like it? You know, so right. it's kind of it's, it's very odd to be recognized uh, uh, for your voice. You know? Totally.
2: I, I remember, I remember going to events like, after like the whole clubhouse boom and people coming up to me and being like, Oh my gosh, Hunter, like, I didn't realize that you were like this short in person. I imagine you'd be so much taller. Like, because they just have been like listening to me for so long. It's so right. It's like, it's like weird how it is so specifically the voice and like nothing else. These digital connections that we've all been creating over the past two years are so wild. And now that we finally get to go and meet each other in person now, it's just like such a, it's just, I don't know. It's such a weird, weird uh, collision of, what your experience has been and like moving forward with that relationship further I don't know it's it's been it's been wild it's been a pleasure to go and um go and collaborate in the future but I'm excited for your guys's event next year I was not able to make it this past year but I have to make it next year I will be there so it'll be lit
1: and well, now we have you on uh recording to
2: uh <laughs> hold okay. me I accountable <laughs> Yep. We'll, yes we'll, we'll we
0: you on record <laughs> we'll send the hair hair industry mafia up there to come drag you down to uh down Sorry. to Maryland
2: <laughs> y'all are gonna throw me into a van and like blindfold me and all that. <laughs>
1: exactly on the back of a horse and buggy exactly <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes, it would be very fitting for up here in Amish lands. That would right. be perfect.
0: That's I have so many questions about that, but you know we'll get into that probably off yeah. or something. That's so crazy. So, so Hunter, how? Um, so uh, while we're there, where are you from, and where'd you grow up, and all that good stuff.
2: So I grew up closer. So I'm in Pennsylvania. Um, I grew up a little bit closer to Philly, but I made my way out to central Pennsylvania. So I'm in York, Pennsylvania, but I work about 30 minutes East over in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. So that's where I'm at right now.
0: You're you're in Lancaster now?
2: I work in Lancaster, but I live in York. They're just 30 minutes away. It's all, it's all rural central Pennsylvania. So (laughs) What,
0: what took a kid out of Philly into like central PA?
2: Um, my boyfriend, actually, um, my boyfriend, I, I, me and him were doing like long distance for a little bit. And, um, I eventually, it was like, it was like a year in, I think. Mm -hmm. And I was like, it was, we were like an hour and a half away from each other. And I was like, you know what? At some point, I'm gonna have to figure out if I like to live with this boy or not. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like you really don't know somebody until you live with them, right? <laughs> and so I was like, I'm not gonna waste any more time. I'm gonna go out there, like, take the leap, <clears throat> and uh, and see if this will work out. And so I've been there ever, been here ever since. Um, but he's a Baltimore City firefighter, actually. So he, so it was much easier for me to relocate than it would have been him. So I ended up moving out here
0: yeah that's silly to Baltimore it could be a long commute every day,
2: oh yeah, that would not be cute. It <laughs> <That> would <laughs> not be
0: cute. Baltimore every day or when it's so,
2: so it's actually a 50 minute drive South. Like it's like, cause, it, cause we're connected like with 83, it's really easy for him to get down there. Um, He does two 24 hour shifts um, a week. Sometimes he'll do like one more to take like overtime or like whatever in a week. Um, So it's really not that bad. I mean, it's not like he's driving like 50 minutes to like only do like an eight hour shift, you know, he's like there for such a long time. So it works out for him and we're in a great, we're in a great in between space between Baltimore and then my job because like the highway that I need to take to get to my job and the highway he needs to take to get to his job is like right here so it's a it's a really good in between spot.
0: Yeah, that's right. kind of where we live. We're um, we're forty minutes west of Baltimore and forty minutes north of DC. So it's it's we can go either way as well. You know, it's pretty-
1: nice. I love that. Yeah, seventy or
0: two seventy. <laughs> that's one of the seventies. <laughs>
1: So how did you get into the industry, my friend? So I
2: got in real young. I was in high school and, um, you know, I was like,
0: you look like you're still in high school Hunter.
2: I mean, I'll take it. I'm not mad about that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, let's hope it stays that way. Um, so I got in real young. I, I, you know, like being like a little gay boy, I, when I was like coming into my own, um, in like middle school, I decided I was like experimenting with, like, how I express myself, like, I started to wear makeup, I was, like, coloring my own hair all the time, I was, like, box dyeing and box bleaching it up all the time, and I discovered that my high school had a vocational cosmetology program, and I just loved the way that I was able to express myself and fully take who I felt like I was on the inside and express it to the world with beauty, like, with makeup and with hair, right? And so I was like, this sounds like this would be a really great fit for me. Like I, so I, I somehow, some way convinced my parents to let me go to the vocational school. I was, I was 15. I had, I I went my sophomore year. And so we would do like the first four periods doing like regular academics in high school. And then we would spend the rest of the day at the vocational school. And my, when I first started there, I was like, these are my people the, these are who are, the people I want to be surrounded with. And I had never felt like more celebrated for who I was in, like in my entire life. And I know I was like a little kid, but at the time, you know, I, I didn't really feel like I fit in, in a lot of places, like being gay, wearing makeup and just being different. Right. And it was like, really like the first place where I felt like I was super celebrated. I can be fully who I was. And I could take my own experience of, of, um, of making myself feel like, my most authentic self, and as beautiful as I was, with beauty, and give that and gift that to other people. And so that's how I got started out. And I got my first job in a salon as a general assistant when I was sixteen. It was actually my sixteenth birthday was my first day. And oh, um, April second. Yep, yeah, April second. Oh, you you're you're gonna remember that. You're gonna remember that. <laughs> um and so uh, yeah my manager was like my manager was like isn't this your birthday like because she saw it on my application she was like isn't this your birthday like you don't have to start on your birthday I said no like this is the best birthday present ever like I'm hyped to get into the salon and so um so yeah I kind of like grew up in the salon like a little bit like as far as like being a teenager and I was able to learn so much and you know I didn't really do hair for like I mean I wasn't taking my own clients for like a fair bit of time and so I was able to really like sit back and just watch and learn for such a long time. And like, I think nowadays, you know, there's a lot of, um, instant gratification and people wanting to get right into it. You know what I'm saying? Um, which I love the hunger of these like new people who are coming into the industry, but like the experience of like, just learning and watching and practicing for that long, I think set me up so well, not only in the technical side of things, but also the business side of things very much. So, and I think that's a really large reason why I'm teaching business nowadays in my, in my education. Um, so so yeah. I hope that was I hope that was enough, but not too much information. Beautiful. <laughs> and it sounded like
1: that you had uh, uh, your parent parents support the, throughout the whole process, which is yeah.
2: Pretty- in the beginning, they were like, you know, there's a lot of stigma about of around vocational school, right? Which is like awful because it's such a brilliant. I mean. I was able to get such a head start. Like I would be nowhere near where I am today if it wasn't for the head start that I had in vocational school and like literally like I I got my cosmetology license before graduating high school. Like I got it like the April of my senior year. Like and that was badass. Like and I didn't have to spend any money on it, right? So because it was vocational school and and there's so much stigmatization and so my parents like especially my dad because my dad's a little bit older um He, they, you know, they're just like, oh, like vocational school is for like the people who are like too lazy or to like actually do academics or like they're the stupid kids or whatever. And it's like, it's quite honestly the opposite. I think it's one of the smartest things that you can do if you if you find a trade that you love that you want to get a head start in.
0: I, one, I think that it's amazing that as a as a not as an industry, but even as a society, I think that that that, that stigma is lifting a little bit. You know, yes. I think that, you know, you see a lot of you see a lot of stuff um, for vocationals and for, you know, just 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 hard work again. And And, and to your point, you know, you're going to once you have your license and whatever it is, whether you're a welder or whether you're a hairdresser or whatever, but you're going to make that money in the four years that, that that said student was in college, you know, so the money that they're spending to go to college, the hundreds of thousand dollars that you're actually going to be making in that same four years. So, you know, I think you do have a, you do have a head start there. And, you know, I, I just the other day, I was Googling how much hairdressers make, and it, it it's always odd to me that it's always about 25, 26,000, because I don't really know a lot of people that are in that category you know like like we can and we do make you know a, a really good um living however why you're here today is because we have to kind of like take our we have to take it serious as a career and i think that, that that maybe that's the what do you think tony is that the thing you know yeah
1: that's definitely part of it but i mean it's a big country and and you know what i mean i i think the hairdressers that you know belong to big cities you know what i mean so it's not necessarily um cost of livings, you know, is completely different around the country. So I mean, but yeah uh, to to the point of the twenty five thousand you were talking about earlier. Uh you know what I mean, I think as a whole, as an average, but uh but going back to to, to the to your question, yeah, it, we have to uh take especially as independents our business very seriously.
0: Oh, you yeah. know what I mean?
1: And treat it as a business. And 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 you know it's funny because from when you and I started to now, you can see the evolution of our industry becoming uh, more and more uh, taken se- more seriously,
0: more as a profession. Yeah, yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, 100 percent, you know, it was definitely like hobby hairdressing when we got in the industry, you know, and that's and that's kind of how um, it was perceived. And that's how we were perceived a little bit, you know. Um, but it's definitely, it, and maybe it's just what we see, right. Maybe because we see the best who do it, you know, we have, we have access to, to the best uh, that, that does it, but anyways, enough, enough about us. So, so, so to t- kind of uh, walk us through, like, I, I want we're going to talk a little bit about like, well, let's go a little bit through your career. So how long were you in that salon?
2: I was in that salon. I think it like totaled five years. Uh-huh. So, so like I graduated, so I got my cosmetology license and I graduated high school and I was like still in like a personal assistant program. So like I went from like general assistant to being a personal assistant. So I only worked with like one person in my commission salon for a while. Mm -hmm. And then once I like was done with that, then I started to do hair. So I was there for five years and I would say that I was doing like taking my own clients for about like, like two years ish, like, um, after, after high school, after graduating high school.
0: That's awesome. And, and and you said that you learned a lot about business and stuff. Was that salon set up like like I know there's the programs like the summit programs and, and there's the different like, uh, you know, um, treat your business like a business kind of programs out there. Where, right. I came up in a summit salon or, or I certainly worked in a summit salon. So, so I'm familiar with with summit. But was, was it kind of set up like that?
2: Um, I honestly, so the owner of the salon was is a really smart woman and I have a lot of respect for her. Um, she definitely probably took elements from a lot of different spaces um, for like the business structure um, and definitely tried her best with like a salon full of like 35 employees to implement as much structure and business as possible. I'll say that I've learned a sh- a lot more since then. (laughs) (laughs) I've learned a lot more since then. And um, I think there could have been a lot of things done a lot differently. However, you know, I think that, I mean, to your guys's point, I, Honestly, I think that we, we right, we're in these circles of people who really care, right, and who are really passionate about what we do and and really know that we can make a great living and a passionate life out of what we do, right? And I think that because we show up in these spaces, we come around in these circles, we're surrounded by like-minded peers, which is such a blessing, right? We're surrounded by other people who take this as seriously as we do and, and love it as much as we do and we oftentimes don't see the other side that there are people who just want to come go to work and go home right and there's some people who um, don't really get exposed to this stuff because they're just not really interested and I think that um, honestly we are the minority I think that we are the minority the people who are showing up and really taking this stuff seriously or even if you weren't taking this stuff seriously you were able to as a creative artist and as a passionate human being able to create something really beautiful for yourself. Um so so yeah, I don't know how I got in there. I have really bad ADHD. You guys don't know what that about. <laughs>
0: no today. worries, man. I thought that was good. Go so
2: bad. Um so yeah, I'm just going to stop there and let you take it away because <laughs> <laughs> I get off track.
0: So so after so you were there for like 5 years and then yes. it, it was 5 years total that you're at the salon?
2: Yes, I okay. was there for five years, and then that's when I decided that I wanted to move in with my boyfriend. So in Pennsylvania, um, uh, in Pennsylvania, booth rentals are illegal. So uh, you know, like the only option is commission salons. Like, you know, you just like go into commission salons and is what it is. But uh, suites were kind of like starting to pop up, and I guess it's like a loophole because like what I'm assuming is is that. You either have to you have to be the owner of the business to be able to operate as a cosmetologist, and as a suite owner, you are the owner of the business. As the salon owner, you are the owner of the business, or you have to be a W two employee. And so, I'm assuming that suites are like a loophole because of that, you know. But like, you can't have a traditional like booth rental situation. And so, I moved out here. I found a um, another commission salon to work in. So that was like the second and last team salon that I ever worked in. And, um, I had to build my clientele from scratch and it was hellish. (laughs) It was really intense. Um, and I was really confident in myself and I was like, don't worry. I'll just like post on the Instagram and like live my best life. And it was, it took me a little bit. And I think it was because I was in a space that um, that didn't really match my vibe, you know. Again, I'm in like rural farm country, <laughs> and um, and I was in a, I was in a very small town where the salon was, and um, I was just trying everything that I could to get clients, and it just like was not working for me. And I think it's because I wasn't in full control of my own situation. I did, I wasn't, I wasn't curating like the whole vibe and the whole experience of like me and like what I was offering to my specific ideal client, and so I think it held me back a little bit. And so I, I struggled to build there. Um, but then the pandemic hit. <laughs> so I, we went into shutdown and, um, and over shutdown, I discovered like Britt Siva, right? I know that you guys are good friends with my good friend, Britt Siva. Um, and what Brit does is she takes, she looks at every other industry outside of our industry and she takes notes from general business education, right? Or just I mean just business um, theory in general and sees what these Fortune 500 companies are doing in their businesses. She takes notes and she brings them she brings that information back to us and relays it and makes it relevant to us, right? And so not only did I discover Brit, but I also just like discovered like oh my gosh, duh, like why aren't we like like why aren't we doing the same things that these other companies are doing, that these other industries are doing, right? And so I was just able to I like Started to read business books and I started to listen to all these podcasts, and I got really, really fascinated with business. And I felt really confident that I could build my own business by myself from scratch. And it was like three weeks before the pan or before the quarantine lifted in Pennsylvania. And I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to jump in and do it. And I decided to open up my own salon suite three weeks before I like had I've been like talking to the Sola in Lancaster for a while and just like inquiring, you know, not thinking that I would ever actually do it. And I like remember texting the, the, the manager there and being like, is there any way that I can get up and running in three weeks? And she was like, um, it'll be really hard, but yes, we, we can do it. And so I opened up my suite there and I went from like being barely booked out at all in this brand new area to being like three and a half months booked out with five new guests requests a week like, like that. It was like insane. And so um, I've been in a suite ever since. It's been two years now. So I'm into it.
0: Bro, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> I mean, I thought this podcast was going to go one way, but it may, it may it may go left turn here. Well,
2: so hold this on, is like,
0: hold, <laughs> on, hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So you went from, I mean, admittedly you had almost zero clients going into the suite, which one, I don't know whether you're a fool or whether I should commend you for the balls to do that because <laughs> that's, that, that's risque, you know, to, to, yeah. to say the least. And then, but maybe it was the greatest thing because once you did it, you had the pressure to succeed, right? Yes. Like you had the pressure to be like, no one's feeding my book. I've got to go find my people.
2: Totally, totally. And you know what I'll tell you too is, like I said, like I learned a lot about business and I really empowered myself with the knowledge and like knowledge is power, right? When you, it is magical and crazy when you understand business and when you understand marketing and, and how to advertise yourself as a brand and who how to speak to the right people in the right places, It is insane. Like I know that everything that I have right now could fall out under me and I could build myself up from scratch in, in so many different areas and be completely fine. Like I am, I truly have that confidence in my brain now and, um, and don't get me wrong. That was the scariest, deepest pit in my stomach decision I've ever made in my life. It was like intense. You're completely correct. I had maybe like a week, a week's maybe booked out at a time worth of clients and, And I just really felt like I was not living up to the potential that I could create for myself because being in that space held me back, right? And it had nothing to do with the salon owner. You know, um, over the past two years, I think that because of the pandemic, we've seen a massive shift into independence um, versus uh, team salons. Right. And I think I I talked to like a lot of team salon owners and and they're like, oh, my gosh, like what can we do to keep our people like what can we do to keep people from going into these independent spaces? And there's a lot of things. Don't get me wrong, but there are going to be these people who just Want to take control of their own destiny, no matter how amazing that space was, right and my space was amazing. My salon owner was amazing. she couldn't have done anything differently. Um, I just knew that like this is that I, I could create something really beautiful for myself if I was in control of everything from A to Z and so I, I took the big, scary leap, and it was the best decision I ever made.
0: I love wow. yeah yeah I, I love how you clumped in business and marketing? Because I think a lot of times, and certainly even the way that I think about it, I think of them as two different entities, mm. right? Like, like I think of like, like for me, like business means like at the end of the day and when you're going through your QuickBooks or when you're adding mm. your numbers in, or, you know, to me, like the business is like the, the number side of the game, you know, the stuff that we kind of hate, let's be honest. Um, <laughs> but I liked how you kind of like lumped in the, no, no marketing is part of the business as well. So how did, yeah. how did you, I mean, how'd you honestly, how'd you do it? How'd you build a book in, in just a couple of months?
2: Yeah. Um, I <laughs> honestly, if, I mean, obviously, like i could I could go on about this all day, but um, if you want to create an insanely successful business for yourself, you have to have a strong marketing strategy. You have to know exactly who you're speaking to what that person's pain points are, how what your solutions are to that person, what sets you apart from other people that that person would maybe want to go to. And you need to become the go-to for what that specific person wants and needs. So- I really branded and niched down into being a balayage low maintenance color specialist. And like, I I became the go-to person for that in my area. Like if somebody looked up on Instagram, like, like Lancaster Balayage, I would be the person who comes up and i created such an insane next level client experience that i marketed and exemplified on my social media on my website that i think really set me apart and like w- and like made it a no brainer to want to come and book with me it was like somebody came onto my page and was like there are, there is no other person doing what he's doing right now in this regional area. And, and, um, and I really just, just set myself apart and I just like took my shit seriously. And I, and again, like really, really, Became the authority of my specific specialty and understood how to speak to the person that wanted what I was giving them, what I was specializing in. The and group, then there I just a marketed. Can you
1: examples it. Of, of what you were doing that grabbed that attention?
2: Yes. Um, and I, 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 I harp so much on the fundamentals of like knowing who you're speaking to and all of that, because I think that people just kind of like, Oh, I like, Oh, I'll just post pictures of my work and then people are going to come. And it's just like so much less than that. It's, you need to figure out where that person is and where they're living and where they're finding people. Right. And then you need to show up there. Right. So my market specifically was on Instagram. I knew that they were, they were on Instagram already. And so I built my entire clientele off of Instagram and I made sure that the, um, the, the, my my bio was very specifically speaking to that person and what they were looking to get done. I, I claimed that I was a balayage low maintenance color specialist, and all of my posts, I was educating about about that service. I was talking to that person exactly where they're at. I was anticipating what are these person's thoughts, what are they thinking right now, what are their past experiences with balayage that they maybe didn't have a good experience with, and and how can I um, speak to that, and then flip it on its head right and so I would put that in my captions I'll let you go (laughs) Uh,
1: no I love that I love it because I I think so many times when we post Instagram it's like hey look at me instead you're doing it in a perspective like hey I'm talking to you you know what I mean instead of like having you look at me that is brilliant
2: yeah, uh, so um if you if you read um, a really amazing business book, and I think it's simple and I think um, it, it's broken down really beautifully. It's Donald Miller building a story brand. Um, he talks about how, I'll, I'm gonna butcher this, but he talks about how all too often when we're marketing our businesses, we all too often make ourselves the hero of the story versus making our clients the hero of the story. And we are the guides helping them become the hero of the story, right? So he uses like the Star Wars example. I'm not the biggest Star Wars person, so I don't know the names, right? But, but like Yoda is the guide of the story, right? Yoda helps Luke, right? It's Luke Skywalker. Yoda helps Luke Skywalker like become this like amazing Jedi, right? Yoda's not the hero of the story. He's the guide and he helps Luke become the hero. Your client is the hero. You want to help them create this like, this like, um, from, from hating their hair and, Having having a really hard time finding somebody they can trust to to loving their hair and feeling beautiful and having somebody that they can trust, right? And you're simply the person that helps them get there. And that's how we approach our marketing. We make it very relevant to that person versus saying, "Look how badass I am! Look how I was featured on on BTC One Shot, et cetera, et cetera." It's like your client doesn't care. Your client it doesn't it doesn't relay to your clients and how they see you. Your client cares about how, well, how is this relevant to me? What, what does this make sense for me? Right. So thank you. I appreciate it.
0: <laughs> Dude, that that's, that's so, that's such a small thing. And so genius, you know, that's, that's hula hoop type shit, you know, just so simple, but, but, but it's game changing at the same time. That That's absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Wow.
2: And so, I mean, what I, what I originally, what, what I teach now in my education, right. Um, being so strong in the marketing side and blowing up in my suite going from like zero to everything is what brought me to what I'm teaching now because like I said what I've been seeing in the past two years and I'm I, I I don't know if you guys agree with me but I mean I think I've seen a massive shift into independence I think everybody all of a sudden wanted to move into a suite right uh,
0: uh, you know hunter I'm for our experience like Tony mm-hmm. and I work in a suite together I think there's just been a shift period because what's happened yes. is a lot of independent people went either open their own commission based salon or went mm-hmm. back into or went back into and I love what you said like a team like a team um, based salon and then those team-based salon what I'm saying is our suite aren't empty on any level, but I just think it kind of switched around like a couple people right. that we worked with went from, you know, being in the suite and, and killing it in the suite. And now um, and now they own, own they own a commission based salon um, right. as, as well. So I think there's just been a shift in the industry altogether, not necessarily to one or the other. I think that, however, I do think that more and more independents are opening up and, and that's creating more room for people to um, to to, you know, dive into that.
2: Sure. Well, and so for those people who have just jumped into this independent space, right? Like a lot of them are like self-driven, like, like booked in busy people because, you know, unlike my crazy, my crazy foolish self, <laughs> um, you know, a lot of them got into a suite being very confident that they had a lot of clientele, right? They had an established book, like they knew that they would be okay if they got into their own space, but they didn't realize that when you run your own business, you are taking on a whole lot of responsibility, right? Like you are juggling all the freaking hats now. And, and I think that we can all agree that, I mean, it kind of just seems like every single day, especially cause you know, the pandemic did shift us 10, five to 10 years. That's what economists literally say that, like that, that it has moved things forward like 10 years. Um, uh, it seems like every single day there's like a new thing that us hairstylists have to do to stay on trend and keep and to keep growing, Like there's all these new responsibilities all, like piling on top of us. Right. And so now you're dealing with all of your own booking. You're dealing with all of your communication. You're dealing with um, having to be your own marketer. You're the CEO, the CMO, the CFO, the CSO. You have to look at your numbers. You have to do everything now, right? You're not just doing the hair anymore. There's no receptionist anymore. Now you are by yourself and you have to handle everything and so what happened to me was I was so grateful for my success right like and I felt really safe and I'm so I was I'm very grateful for being in a space where I was that booked out right because but I worked I worked my butt off for it and I deserved it but it was I, I understand that not everybody can relate and so it was amazing but it brought its own problems with it right The they say more money, more problems, trust and believe it is completely true. Like the the struggle and the problems that you have of growing have its own set of issues. And then once you get there, and then once you're really overwhelmed with success, there are its own issues. And so what happened to me was, I was getting all these new guest requests all the time. I was so grateful for all the success that I had. All of these clients who helped me like create my own vision and make this this crazy decision that to go independent successful. Like I felt so obligated to... Take care of them. I felt um, like I had to get every single new guest request in because I was coming from a place of scarcity. Because I was like, "What if this all just falls out for me tomorrow? What if this is just a fluke, right? Because we're just in the pandemic, right? And what if this is just like a random little success thing?" And so I would, I was coming in early, staying late, all my days off to fit in any new guest requests that I got if I, if I, um, I was booked out for like, again, like three and a half months solid. So, um, uh, where was I going to put my clients? Like if I was got sick or if my client got sick and had to reschedule, they'd have to wait three and a half months, or I would just say, Oh no, don't worry. Like I'll just stay late on this Friday and work like a 14 hour day, like no big deal. And so what ended up happening was I was really on paper kind of successful, but my personal life was like destroyed. Like I was working my butt off and whenever anybody asked me how I was doing I would just say I'm really busy and I'm really overwhelmed <laughs> and they would be like oh that's like a great thing like yes like it's great to be busy and I was like but but I was unhappy like I was go I would go home to my boyfriend and my cat and I would be exhausted and I wouldn't be able to give them any of my energy or my time. I was not not able to go and visit my family. I wasn't able to take care of myself. I was really exhausted and digging myself this really big, deep hole because I felt so obligated to keep up with the success that I had. And I was giving my clients so much because I wasn't separating myself from my business. And that's when I decided that things really needed to, to turn around because I was just like, how am I supposed to sustainably do this for a long time. Like I just, it was like six months in and I was like already overwhelmed as hell. Like I was like, how am I supposed to make this a long-term career for myself if I don't change something right now? And so I'll pause there.
1: Yeah, well, So I, now I'm curious of how, how were you able to make these changes and keep your clients happy at the same time? Because sometimes uh, that's not necessarily the case.
2: Yep. Yeah. So I'm a firm believer that boundaries are not just to serve yourself. They are to serve everyone around you, including your clients. Um, And so that's what I figured out. I needed to do is set some really strong boundaries for myself and my business. And we are so lucky to live in this space in this world where we have so many tools at our fingertips that can help us serve our clients better and create a great client experience, but also help us um, set boundaries and serve ourselves better at the same time. Um, And so what I had to do was I had to figure out, okay, how can I make it so my service is more convenient, even more convenient for my clients, but also convenient for me where I don't have to be the one who is texting and DMing and rescheduling all the time for so many different reasons. But first and foremost, if somebody isn't happy with the changes that you need to make to live a happier, more fulfilling life, then they don't deserve to be in your life. And actually you are no longer a fit for them. You are doing a disservice to that person because there is somebody else out here who would be happy to take care of them and take care of them better than you will. Because if you have somebody who is who, if you have to break your own boundaries to make somebody happy, then you're doing a disservice to them because you're going to become resentful. You're not going to be able to give it your 100% um and there's going to be somebody else out there who can make them happy who will be willing to come and see them on the weekends and and will be totally fine with that but if you're not then if you really care about what you're doing and if you really want to run your business with integrity and you want to take care of yourself then Oh, well, too bad. So sad. And I've also really learned that lesson just from being who I am as a gay man and one who expresses myself and wears makeup, et cetera, et cetera. I've learned if there's people who don't accept me for who I am, then they're not my people and they don't deserve to be in my life. Like, why am I going to sit here and try to impress somebody or like, like fit myself into this box just because I want somebody to like me. It's like, there are people out here who will celebrate me and love me for exactly who I am. And those are the people who deserve my time and my space. And those are the people who are going to make me happier anyway. Right. And so when we talk about people not being happy with our changes, first off, we need to get over the fact that people are, aren't people aren't always going to be happy with us. And we have to get really okay with that first off and foremost, but I am also a big firm believer in professionalism and, and um, making sure that we are providing professional customer experience. If we want to keep ourselves or if we want to hold ourselves to a higher standard as an industry, right? And if we want to be looked at as an industry that's taken seriously, Then we have to be giving great customer service. We have to be treating our business like a business and 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 giving our clients um, an excellent service at the same time. And so there are plenty of ways to make sure that you're still giving a convenient service, but also taking care of yourself at the first at the same time. And I can get into those, but I'm gonna pause there just a second. I mean, no,
0: no, I just I I wanna jump in. I mean, let's let's get a little bit more specific. Like when 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 you started to have this success, or you know, what what boundaries did you put in place to one, what boundaries did you put in place? And then, and then how did you maintain those boundaries? And what was the mantras? What were the conversations that were going on in your head when, when you were about to step over those boundaries or, you know, whatever, whatever that looks like. Cause it, it's always easy to talk about, oh, I have boundaries, but then your, your favorite client calls you and she's like, Hey, you know, and then you go, oh, <laughs> you know, I kind of like her and, and and I'll bend over backwards with her or, or, I mean, I'll go, I, I'll go ahead. Give me that. And then, and then I'll have something to add.
2: No, you make such a great point. So we got in this industry because we love taking care of people and I completely feel that, right? Like, and so what I also discovered was we have a lot of, like you said, we have a lot of conversations about boundaries, right? We can all talk about the mindset. We can talk about how important they are, but actually implementing and taking action is hard. So what I decided to do for myself was create systems that alleviated the pressure that held me accountable to boundaries. So for example, I'm going to give you all the tangible things. For example, online booking only. So none of my clients, a very small select few of my clients um, are able to pre-book with me behind the chair, but otherwise everybody books online. Why? Because if my online calendar is handling my schedule, right? Right then i have no option to fit sally in early late on my day off right my online calendar is my calendar and it is what it is you know and if i if i if i make sure that that standard is set for myself and my clients that i am not the one who handles this and my schedule is then I no longer have to worry about myself staying strong and having to say no myself. Right. Because it can be really freaking hard. And, and we, we create these really intense personal connections with these people. And we, 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 we know their lives more than maybe sometimes their family. We get to see them more often than them. Right. We, 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 we hear about the deaths. We hear, we are, we live through the marriages. We live through the births. all this, these significant events, right? So we feel like we've created this personal connection, but at the end of the day, it's a, this is a, a, this is a business transaction, right? And your clients probably wouldn't show you the same energy that um, that you show them as far as you going out of your way for them a lot of the time. And so what I had to do was to make sure that I stood strong is make it so I'm not the one who has to say no anymore because it's just too hard. And sometimes I can't trust myself to do it. And so now my online calendar says no for me. And there's like a bunch of other things. That I, so you're that
0: talking I about, you use, like an, um, you use like a, a, an online app or, or like a scheduling app?
2: Yep. Simple, super simple. Um, that's like my, that's like the most like simple thing that you can do is just rely on your, your online booking that you pay for to, uh, to, uh, to, to, to do the job for you. Right. Um, have your clients do the job for you. But what I all too often see is that people's online booking is not set up how it needs to be to make it a convenient, experience for your clients, because like we were talking about earlier, right? Making your clients like the person that we talk about and we we're putting ourselves into their shoes. Your clients don't know what a partial foil, balayage, toner, add-on Olaplex is, right? And so all too often on our online booking sites, we have all these freaking different options to choose from, and it's not simplified enough to where your client is confident going and doing it. And so if we want to make a change, we have to make it as convenient and make it make, make sense for for our clients as much as we possibly can, or we will get the negative responses. If we, if we aren't taking responsibility for our own business and giving them all the resources that they need to make this a successful strategy that you, that you implement.
0: Okay. Now, when you were saying all that, you were looking right at me and I felt it, I felt it hard, <laughs> man. So how did you, how did you simplify your menu? I, I, I assume that's what you're talking about.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's what you, so I, when I coach in my programs, um, I I'm, I don't like to say that I'm like a pricing person. I don't really love to teach to pricing. I think it's such a personal and different thing for people wherever you live. Um, I personally have like session all-inclusive packages. So I literally have three services that you can choose from, like period. And they, they're they based upon my time, but it's not that I do have like an hourly rate, but I don't explain to my clients that this is an hourly rate. It is just an all-inclusive package where you're reserving my time and I'm able to get you the transformation that you're looking for, right? So, um, so I do have package pricing, but that doesn't mean that that's the way that you have to do it. You can also do it um, just by like hour by hour time blocks, right? So you can just have like one hour one and a half hours, two hours and make sure that your client knows when you book with me Sally, I need you to book a two and a half hour appointment here, right But it is nice having session pricing because the price is super predictable for the client when they're booking online and so you don't have to have a conversation with them well, I still do, but you don't you don't have to worry about them coming in for a certain price and and maybe not expecting it, right? Um, and, and session pricing is so much more simplified for the client because you're using words that make sense for the client, right? So like instead of, um, full foil and bleach and tone and toner, I'm saying the transformation. This is for you. If you want to completely change your look and, um, and go from like, like this to this, right. And I give them like before and after pictures. And so that way your client is like, Oh my God, this makes so much sense. And not only does this work for your online booking, this also works for your service menu. I've had so many people tell me that they chose me out of everybody else in the area because my website was the only one that made sense to them. People want transparency and people want to see what they're getting themselves into, you know, of course, within reason, depending on the types of services that you're doing. But if people see this huge menu that literally looks like a different language to them, it's intimidating, it's overwhelming, and it doesn't make you seem like you're relatable enough to want to do business with them, right? So simplifying okay, on, your menu on, is a massive take, part wait, of this.
0: Okay, take, take, take a break here because um, um, people are going to want to look up your website. So give your website out real quick so they can kind of go in and see how you have your menu set up.
2: It is down right now. <laughs> I, um, I'm
0: I'm, talking about this in six months when your website is up, what would that website be?
2: So assuming that it will be, so I I'm heavy into education right now. I'm, I'm taking a big step back from behind the chair. So, okay. So what's your
0: DM Hunter. And ask? yes,
2: (laughs) there you go. There (laughs) (laughs) you go.
0: So he can kind of, uh, he can figure it out. So give it, give your Instagram real real quick and then we'll do it.
2: It is at hair by hunty H U N T Y on Instagram that's a perfect
0: idea. Okay. So you've mentioned, and, and I think like, I'm starting to get a grasp of it, even like how you're talking to your clients and what services and the menus and yada, yada, yada. Um, we also chat a little bit offline about elevating like client experience. So how have you done that differently? And how does that work into your brand as far and, and their brand really, I mean, or their, their, their experience?
2: Yeah, totally. So, like I said, you know, like we talked about, there's a lot of responsibilities that we have as a hairstylist to like set ourselves apart nowadays, right? We want to set ourselves apart with like a really unique and elevated client experience that nobody else is giving people. But again, it is a lot of work, like it's a lot of work and a lot of responsibility to add something onto your plate. And so what I teach you is automating your processes and using our digital resources as much as possible. And so when somebody books with me, um, when somebody books their first appointment with me, they get like a welcome email sequence, and it gives them like five automated emails and they all just kind of like share a little bit about what they're getting themselves into with me. So it shares with um, them that I'm a green circle salon and it tells them a little bit about how their hair is um, going to get recycled and shipped out to the middle of the ocean and soak up oil spills. So like that, like gets them really excited and set up for their appointment, talks about the products that I use in my salon and how it's relevant to them and why they're important. Um, and I have like an onboarding digital packet that explains all my booking processes and where to park. And it gets them really excited and comfortable for their appointment but I don't have to do any of it manually. (laughs) I just set it up once and then it's done and it's good to go. And then when people go through my automated processes, it gets sent automatically. And so that way I'm still elevating the client experience, but I don't have to be the one doing it. That's scalability. That is what fortune 500 companies are doing, figuring out how to create an elevated experience and get your customers excited without having to to spend time, right? Because we do, we spend so much time behind the chair. When are we supposed to have time to do all these things that justify us charging higher prices, right? That justify us being like these luxury salons that set us apart. Um, and so that's just like one of the things that I do. There are like a bunch of other things, but I'll also- <laughs> stop
0: what do, what do Is there anything that you're doing in the salon that elevates that experience as well? Yes.
2: Yeah. So this is like, I get insecure sharing this because it's like a really like juicy, good one that I, that I like, like, I don't know, <laughs> you know, when you, you know, I, I love sharing everything with people, but um I get a little bit nervous because this is a strategy that, Again, has to be done right, and so if you want to implement this and you're listening to this right now, I want you to DM me so that way I can make sure that to coach you through it and answer any of your questions. I have something called an experience customization form. So when any of my um, when any of my clients have an appointment with me, the morning and this is every single client, every single time, every single visit, when they have an appointment with me, they get a text from me the morning of their appointment. And it has a link to a digital form called my experience customization form in that form. They're able to fill, uh, select what music they want to listen to, what essential oils they want on their towels, what they want to drink, um, what kind of experience they want to have with me, whether it be a silent, more relaxing experience or a more like talkative extroverted experience with me. Um, and uh, it talks about um, add-on services. And so statistics say that after P- uh, uh, consumers right now, they want a personalized experience. And the more customizable the experience, the more money they'll want to spend with you. And so first they like, they customize their whole experience. And then I ask them if they want an add-on service and I make money like this without even having to talk about it, right? Because they'll add on, they'll just click a button and be like, yeah, I want an extra long scalp massage, just extra 10 bucks. Yeah, I, this is a, Badass experience. I want to add that on there. Um, and they also are signing all of my policies um, at the end of that form, every single appointment, which produ- uh, reduces my cancellations and no shows by a lot because they're reminded of my cancellation policy. And so that way, when they come into the salon, there's no confrontational Um, there's no confrontational nervousness or anxiety from my end or the clients that holds them back from really taking advantage of what I'm offering. I don't know if you guys have ever like been to an experience or a hotel or some service service provider space And I don't know, sometimes I feel like a little bit nervous, especially if it's my first time, if they're like, oh, do you want anything to drink? Or, oh, like, can I do anything to make you more comfortable? And you're, and you don't really want to like bother them. You don't want to make their job harder. So you like, just don't say anything. Um, It's great to have like a non confrontational way for your clients to just tell you those things. So that way, when they come into the salon, their favorite drink is already set up for them. The music that they love to hear is, is like playing for them, right? Like it is just, it is an excellent, beautiful thing that I, I implemented in my suite because of the pandemic, because I wanted people to sign my COVID release policy, but I wanted to make sure that it was done in a really cool way that served the clients at the same time. And so
1: that's- Man, uh, I, you made me feel like I suck. <laughs> I do suck. <laughs> right? I don't and feel me? like it. I
0: do suck, dude. That is it. <laughs> That is
1: seriously genius. Thank you I hope that none of my clients are listening to this podcast <laughs> Tony, we have a couple too I uh, know uh, so do you help do you help uh, these independent hairdressers in these salon suites do you help them build in your coaching uh, classes yep. do you help them build these type of things in their in their own suites?
2: Absolutely. It's I, so I have a course that's called pre pathway and it teaches hairstylists. Um, and, and it's not just for independent hairstylists. It's, it, I've had a lot of salon owners actually come through and take a lot from it, but it's not speaking specifically to them, but yes, I have a, I, my program teaches people, um, how to create the experience all the way from when the client lands on your website until they get to your front doorstep. And it teaches you how to create these these crazy techie things. And I literally hold your hand through it, like step by step by step. I give you all the tutorials, all of the templates, everything that people need to be successful Because a lot of this can feel really overwhelming and it can be really hard to set up if you don't have the guidance and the mentorship and somebody who, you know, understands what you're specifically doing and creating, because you can like go and like look up all the DIY tutorials all you want. But if it's not like specific to, you know, being a hairstylist and the type of business that you have, then it can really like be really difficult to actually make it happen. So yeah, in my coaching program, I teach people how to set up this entire
0: system. Dude, you are a genius. This is this is so so cool. Thank you, you. Know? I appreciate and you, it. And and with, I'm treading water here a little bit. So, does this work with any scheduling app, or or is this or is this done within with within their own website?
2: Your 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 Schedulicity will be happy to hear <laughs> that <laughs> that my program can work with any booking software as long as there is um, an online booking site, you know, like in, in your booking software. And honestly, if your booking software doesn't have online booking, then I don't,
0: it's not a booking software.
2: Yeah. It's like, it doesn't make sense. Um, so, so yeah, my, my system was designed to work with any booking software because number one, everybody uses so many different things. And, and, um, I believe, I mean, can you guys name any fortune 500 company, like any, Any really successful company that uses one software for all of their processes. Right. No. So what we do in Previsit Pathway is I teach you how to take other softwares and build an entire system to carry out specific things that you want to do around your software that you already have. So um, all of the things that I've, I've created, they're built around your software because honestly, you're kind of limited to exactly what your booking software allows you to do and what, what their add-ons are maybe or whatever it may be, you know, and a lot of them have great features and softwares that are great for like starter things. But the things that I'm doing are definitely you need a specific like digital form platform you, that, that literally is their job is to help you create digital forms and do it in a really badass and advanced way. Um, you need a specific email marketing software that that can set up these automated workflows and that can connect to other softwares and all of these fancy techy things. And so um, anybody can come into my program with any booking software and they can be successful in creating the in creating the system.
1: I'm so intrigued. I am. Yeah, I... yeah he's got
2: me. Yeah.
0: <laughs> all right. All right. All right, Hunty. So um, you notice how I went to Hunty at the end, right? I feel like we're buddies now.
2: We're buddies. We're buddies.
0: So, so um, so how can people find you or, or, or locate you or, or we've, we've kind of done it again, but you know, just give all your, all your reach outs.
2: Yeah. 100% hair by Hunty on Instagram is like the, best place to start with me. Like that's like where I'm hanging out. That's where I love to connect with people. So feel free to DM me, tell me that you heard, uh, uh from you, uh, listening to hair History. Um, I would love to connect with you. And I have a lot of great, great resources in the link in my bio that are free for people to start automation and, uh, just to get started. And I do have a podcast. It's called the modern hairstylist podcast. And I break down a lot of, um, automation tips and how to grow your business without the overwhelm, um, over there as well, too. So that's where y'all can find me. I would love to connect.
0: Dude, this is a. I I hope, I hope that that enough people made it to the end of this podcast because I think that towards the end there you gave out some really, really awesome, awesome stuff. So uh, for those of you that are listened all the way through, I think that you that that you got the bonus conversation.
2: Oh yeah, oh yeah, y'all y'all were were lucky. I'm I'm glad that your commute to work was a little bit longer.
0: Fair enough. <laughs> for those people that are commuting far, yes. <laughs> you got the, you got the bonus stuff. <laughs> That's awesome. Hunty, dude. Thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks for uh, uh, allowing this to happen. And Tom, thanks for, uh, for, for jumping in from your house there. I, I miss you here sitting next to me, but, uh, but, but, but thanks a lot, man.
2: Yeah, no, thank you guys so much for having me on here. I've told you guys this before, and I'll tell you it again, that I think that you guys come from a super authentic, genuine, passionate space just to bring people together and elevate this industry collaboratively. And that is a core value that you and I share. And I just think that it is beautiful what you guys have created here. And so I'm honored to be a part of it. I'm honored to know you guys and, um, and Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm glad that you liked what I had to say. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was awesome. Hattie, thank you very much. Thanks for hanging out with us. And thank you for joining us on your day off